Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 75 of the J Situation podcast. I'm recording this on August 17th, 2021. How are you folks doing? How are you doing? I am doing well. I am very busy and stressed. <laughs> I'm serious. I was actually looking forward to doing the podcast to relax. You know, just so you guys know, I do I do actually find this therapeutic. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you are my support system at this point. No, um, I am more busy than, than one man should be. Uh, but it is through extreme circumstances that one's resolve is evaluated. Yeah, so trial by fire. Uh, how do you know how far you can go if you don't push yourself into uncomfortable places? That, my friends, is food for thought for you today. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I got an Erector 9 today. I did. FedEx guy dropped it off from Silencer Shop. Um, I, I, You know, I ordered it uh, in in 2020 back in December 22nd of 2020 that's I I looked and that's when I bought it that's right that's not a form 4 weight ladies and gentlemen no that was a back order yeah form 3s take less than a week you know anyone who tells you form 3s take longer is usually lying they're usually lying trust me on that one Uh, so anyway this silencer is neat Um, it's light very light a couple cosmetic things on the the encapsulator, uh, the steel encapsulator. I think there's some, just some uh, cosmetic stuff. I actually spoke with Adam about it um, earlier today. He's going to help me out. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll see how that plays out. But is is that a controversial thing to say? Is it controversial to talk about a deficiency in a product when you buy it? I don't. I don't think it is. I don't think it should be controversial. You know, I, I do not sugarcoat anything when I speak about it on this podcast. I am, at the end of the day, a silencer consumer like you, like you folks that are listening. And I, I will give you, and I do give you real opinions. I do. I, I don't get cherry-picked test samples for testing, guys. I don't. I actually bought this Erector 9 for personal use. I did. Uh, and it just so happens that I'm going to test it for you. And I guarantee you that every other person that you have seen with an Rector 9 that is going to review it or has reviewed it is doing it with a test sample. Not me. I'm going to do it with a silencer I ordered in December, like on launch day. This is my silencer. And I'm, you know, that's what I'm doing. Um, I am actually, I'm planning on, I mean, if I can get the silencer to work the way I want it to work, if I can, I am going to carry it. Because I, <laughs> just wait. Just wait until I tell you about the Dead Air Odessa. That that's a that's another silencer that no one else but me is going to shoot you straight about. Trust me on that one. <laughs> no, but I. But what I was saying is when I um when I get this Erector, when I kind of evaluate it and shoot it and mess with it and configure it how I like, it is what I do. I plan on carrying one because I I usually will carry a silencer with me when I carry, um, not attached but like detached. Like I carry a carry gun. And then I carry a silencer with that gun, and I had I, I did in the past use an Odessa because it can clear sights, um, and it can be very compact. With like I carry it in the four baffle configuration with the Odessa, the Dead Air Odessa. I have I own I actually own several personal Dead Air Odessas on Form Four, um, so I do own those silencers. 
Um, I no longer use those that silencer for a couple of reasons. Um, so I did when the Rector 9 came out, I immediately bought it. Uh, I want it. Um, so what did I do today? I bought I bought a couple things for it today. Okay, so for one, I bought... Um, it only came with a half 28 piston. So I bought the metric piston. Um, I think it was like 75 bucks or something crazy. I bought the... Um, I also bought a metric direct thread mount for it. Hear me out. You're like, why would you do that? <laughs> because it's so light that I think I can run it without the inertial decoupler. You feel me? So if so, what I'm going to do is I bought the metric piston, of course, to test it on the HKP30L and other guns, and also use it in the you know full configuration on the metric guns as God intended. But also, I bought the I so I bought that direct thread metric because I'm thinking in a in a with a certain amount of baffles. I don't know what the weight threshold will be for the, for the for the guns I have, but with a certain amount of baffles, I bet you I can run boosterless. And if I can, if I can figure that out, I'll and if I like that, I'm gonna go and I'll buy the um I'll buy the half twenty eight direct thread. Because I don't exactly know how much weight savings I get going from piston assembly with the encapsulator. If I take all that away and I go to direct thread mount, I'm not exactly sure what weight and length savings I will get. And I'm not exactly sure what the signature changes will be. So, of course, what I'm going to do is test every possible thing and also test for reliability so right now i i didn't buy the half 28 direct uh direct thread mount i just bought the the 13.5 metric and i bought the um 13.5 metric piston and then of course i have the half 28 piston in the in the silencer right now so that's what i got that's what i bought for it there and i, I think i also bought some other stuff from q's website i need i needed some stuff for my fix so i bought some stuff but um yeah, that was a lot of money. <laughs> Their stuff's expensive, dude. It is. Their stuff is expensive. So yeah. Um, so yeah, I will let you know. I just um I don't really have a lot more to say about this. I'm literally I'm holding the sensor. I haven't shot it yet. I just got it. Um, as I progress through it, um, or progress with it, I will keep you up to date with my impressions of it. I know a lot of you folks are waiting on it and uh, waiting on information for it. And uh, yeah, I'll post a picture of it with this podcast so you guys can see it. Uh, yeah, I know a lot of you guys are excited about it. So I thought I would mention that. So, you know, I, I did mention where I bought it. And I will say uh, sometimes they have rather long back orders, but they did come through. And that is Silencer Shop. The J Situation Podcast is proudly sponsored by Silencer Shop, the most efficient and intelligent way to purchase silencers. It is. Well, I mean, I just used them to buy this. So what does that tell you? I could have bought it directly from Q. In hindsight, I should have. Because <laughs> it took so long. Sonsa Shop didn't get enough of these. I don't know. Yeah, Q didn't send them enough or something. I don't know what it does. Anyway, Sonsa Shop's really great. They've done a lot of cool stuff. They create an easy system that minimizes the likelihood of errors in your paperwork. They pioneered the use of the QR code on the actual Form 4 so the ATF can scan the code instead of inputting all that data themselves. You do not want ATF people... Fat fingering information to a computer, guys. Okay, listen. 
I'm sure they're nice people. But their organization is responsible for enforcing some of the most infringing pieces of legislation ever perpetrated on the populace of the United States. Directly, directly violating the Bill of Rights. Directly violating the Second Amendment and the Bill of Rights of the, the Constitution of the United States of America. That's The ATF is literally, literally responsible for enforcing laws that directly contradict your inherent human rights. The inherent human rights that are protected by the Constitution. So, would you rather they enter your information in your Form 4 into the system? Or would you like them to scan a code? Yeah. Let them scan the code. Silence or shop. Money back guarantee. No transfer fees. No paperwork errors. Just you and your silencer with hopefully no drama. It truly is silencer. Ownership simplified. Secondly... <laughs> This podcast is also sponsored by Pew Science, pushing the silencer industry forward one test at a time. Visit PewScience.com for the suppression rating. It is the simplest, the most accurate, hearing-safe rating for your suppressed small arm weapon systems. It's based on true human sound perception. It is in Section 5 of the Silencer Sound Standard, and the standard on the website walks you through gunshot noise, sort of like Wikipedia, but abbreviated faster and cooler. Okay, it's about science or sound. There are seven parts. They're all on the website. They're all on PewScience.com. If you have not seen the science or sound standard, dude, that's totally fine. You skip directly to the suppression rating in section five. It's going to explain how stuff works for you. It's going to let you know how silencers stack up in comparison to one another. With regard to the sound at the muzzle and of the shooter's ear, it's going to give you a hearing safe dose limit for the particular platforms on which the silencers are tested. Again, directly tied to human perception. If there's a higher number, the system sounds better. If there's a lower number, it sounds louder. That's all there is to it. Okay? Not going to find this information anywhere else. In Section 6 of the standard, all the reviews are there. Go check them out. And if you don't want to look, you say, Jay, those reviews are way too detailed, frankly. And uh, I don't like the words you use. They intimidate me and scare me. This is very scary to me, and I don't like it. I say, you know what? Don't worry. I got you, fam. Section 7 of the standard contains a simple database tool. It's a table. Sortable table. High-level results for you there. You can sort and view the suppression ratings to your heart's content. And uh, then uh, if you see something you like, there are individual links to the reviews there. You click and uh, takes you back to the back to the details for you there. You go wild. So, as always... Um, if you are a manufacturer and you would like to use Pew Science for private testing and consulting, there is a form on the website with which you can submit that inquiry. You can. Your contact information and all the test data will be held in strict confidence. Unless, of course, you would like to release it to the public like we actually, hey, we just did that with a brand new manufacturer, Otter Creek Labs. Shout out to Andrew from Otter Creek Labs. We just released his silencer test data to the world. Um, this is an, that's an example of a Pew Science client. That's a Pew Science client success story, Mr. Mr. Andrew there at Otter Creek Labs. Go check out his, his silencers there on the website now. Yeah, we've done that several times. We're going to keep doing those. You might, you might even see one coming very soon again. What could it be? I don't know. Stick around. You might find out. Or maybe not. Maybe you have to wait. What could it be? 
<laughs> you can support Pew Science. You can. You can support this podcast. You can support you can support all the testing by joining with a membership at PewScience.com. And if that is too much, you say, you know, I don't know. That's a little too rich for my blood. I say, okay. I I understand in these trying times of high inflation. Uh, you can rate the podcast five stars on iTunes. <laughs> you can let folks know that, you know, silencers and guns are awesome. Through normalization comes adoption by the general populace. Yes. Okay. Now, I have four topics for you today, folks. And I, I feel like I, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit of all over the place, but it, it, it it's important. It's good for you. Topic one, powerlifting or strength training in general. Should you do it? Yes, you should. Okay. Is this gun related? Yeah, it kind of is. Stick around. Okay. It's important. Topic two, new sound signature review coming this week. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Topic three, listener questions. Let's explore your wondrous queries. We're getting back into those. We're going to finish that dang list, and we're almost through with them. Let's see how far we get today. And then topic four, welcome to all the new Pew Science members. I took a vacation for part of the part of the weekend, and some of you joined during then to support the effort. That means the world. You are you are making this happen. Um, that 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 is really great. So uh, I do appreciate that. Okay, let's see. We're gonna move into. Oh man, I got a clean sheet, sheet of paper. That's gonna be way better for me this time. <laughs> We're gonna move into topic one at a time of thirteen minutes and forty five seconds. Okay, and this is a little bit different, guys. You know, powerlifting. Topic one here. Powerlifting or strength training in general. Should you do it? Yes, you should. I'm going to give a drink of water one second. Yeah. Man, I thought this guy was going to talk about silencers. <laughs> Bear with me. No, I think it's important. I think it's important to sometimes address topics that, frankly, benefit the community at large. And I think the platform I have created has grown to sufficient size such that I can help people a little when I have a chance. I really do, I really do think that, and I, and I have chosen to do that today, so here we are. And you guys, hey, I give you the topics. I give you the timestamps. You don't even have to listen to this topic. If you're not interested in it, that's fine. But... Hey, I, I don't include anything on the podcast. I don't think it's important. So I, I have a question for you. Have any of you ever gone shooting with handguns in particular, actually, and not felt quite stable or firm in your stance or grip or your, your general body mechanics uh, when aiming and firing the weapon, you know, when, when holding up the weapon and, and, and firing it? If so... It might be that your basic stabilizer muscles and your overall body musculature is not developed, you know, or, or, and, or, I guess, maybe it's not used, used enough, you know, maybe you don't have the control and the strength or the coordination to properly handle a weapon. That could be true. That could be you listening to this podcast right now. Some of you are strapping young lads. (laughs) <laughs> strapping young ladies and you you're 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 yoked and you can you can shoot a 50 cal from the hip some of you can't 
And you know, I know that this sounds a little abstract, it does, but this is actually a noticeable phenomenon to those of us who have participated in strength training and shooting and participated in shooting prior to strength training in our lives. And, and then participated in shooting after the introduction of strength training and during the in-between times when you're out of shape. Okay, it, I, know so, I know this is hitting home for some of you. It has to. Because if, if you shoot guns and you've lifted weights, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So part of the, part of the impetus for this discussion was the awesome workout I had on Monday night. <laughs> and, and the incredible endorphin rush I had when I was sitting down to prepare some talking points for the podcast, because that's what I do. I do actually, a lot of times on Monday nights, I'll sit down and I'll, I'll prepare some talking points to, you know, for you folks. And, you know, another thing I was reminded of was a somewhat recent social media marketing campaign by some former special forces dudes in the gun industry, uh, that they, they train others. And I think they sell t-shirts or something. Um, and they, they had this slogan called Grip Matters. Okay. And I, I didn't pay much attention to their marketing or really read into it like any more than just I saw it. I was like, they kept saying it over and over. I was like, okay. But I saw it. And I saw what they were doing when they posted the slogan. They, they were gripping handguns or rails of ARs and they're, they're practicing close quarter stuff, you know shooting in the dark things like that that reminded me of the point i spoke about earlier the stability okay and i really i really don't have a quantitative opinion on the philosophy of the you know from a standpoint of a definite increase in the efficacy of your firearm skills you know from lifting weights i'm not here to give you that that data or information, but I did want to open the topic by mentioning that it is one benefit. And so I'm going to address some things in this topic that I hope are informative to you, okay, to kind of guide you a little bit, because, you know, I've gotten a lot of questions about this. A lot of you folks have asked about getting, getting jacked, getting strong. So there's, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to look at three. Okay. So there's going to be three kind of subtopics here. First, why should you get swole? Why do you need to be strong? Okay, that's A. B, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you how to build basic strength and musculature. I'm going to tell you how to get jacked. I'm, I'm going to do it. And then C, how do you fit into your schedule? Okay, because I'm going to tell you right now, if I can do it, you can too. <laughs> Trust me. Okay. All right, I need more water. All right, so... A, why should you get strong? Why why be strong? Okay, the reasons for getting strong, there are a lot of reasons. You are going to, in so many words, be harder to kill. You are. You will be more powerful and resilient. You will sleep better. You will be more emotionally stable. You will be less likely to be injured during physical trauma. You will look better. You will feel better. You will be mentally stronger. You will most likely enjoy a higher quality of life as you age if you continue to strength train throughout your life. I promise. It's true. 
And all of these things have significant evidence to support them. It's not debatable. This isn't like, oh, Jay says crazy time. Jay's crazy. He's crazy. No, dude. This is this is established. This is established truth. It's established law of gains. Okay, so it is written. It is written. Okay, so that's A. That's why. Okay, so that then now you know why. Now, okay, now now here's the really here's the crux of it all. How do you do it? And how do you do it? There are many ways. For those of you who are already jacked and like, you know, you already played a power sport in high school or college, you know, like baseball or football, you know, things like that. You you guys already know how to get strong. Now, you may have terrible technique. You have you you probably do. You probably have terrible form and terrible terrible. And you probably have a bad routine, but you have the basic building blocks. Okay, I'm not speaking to all of you, but a lot of you, a lot of former athletes, they're they're great athletes, but they terrible, terrible strength training discipline, terrible form, dangerous, dangerous sometimes. Just usually because strength coaches are terrible coaches. Um, that's just the name of the game, especially in football. It's it's quite ridiculous. Um, so. But you have the basic building blocks. So for you, for you folks, and for the you know, and 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 for the for the novices, I do recommend a few things. This isn't going to be an exhaustive list and instruction. It's not. But I'm I'm going to hit the high points for you, okay? And we're going to get a little bit in the in the detail, and you can pause it and regroup if you need to. Okay. So first thing, you got to strength train at least three days a week. You have to. Train between three and seven days per week. Try to make it at least three. Trust me. Okay, that's rule number one. That's rule number one. Okay. Rule number two. Whatever weight training regimen you start with, make make the building blocks of the regimen compound movements. All right. For example, if you're training your lower body in a day, start with squats or leg press or hack squats or jump squats or some kind of compound movement. I recommend squats because they are... One of the most important strength training exercises one can do as a human. That It's very important. Okay. So compound movements. Okay. That's rule two. All right. All right. Rule three. Rule three. Train your entire body. Your entire body. Either train your entire body every time you train or split up your workouts to train a different subset of your body when you enter the gym. That's kind of how it is. It's very important. Here are some things you need to be able to do. I'm going to give you a list. Here are some things you need to be able to do to make sure your entire body is resilient enough for challenges of real life. Okay, I'm, there's seven things. You need to be a, you need to be able to squat, bench press, deadlift, overhead press, do pull-ups, do rows, and do dips. You need to be do you need to be able to do all of those seven things. Like that's like there's no it's not negotiable. Okay, and now if you can do those seven things and progressively add weight to them as you do them throughout your strength training career, you will become swole. You will be jacked, dude. You will, you will. I pro- promise. Train your entire body, okay? Okay, so that's rule number three. All right, now, rule number four. If you want to get more jacked, you you are allowed to do movements that may not be compound movements like the seven things I just said, Okay. You can get more jacked, but you got you can do things like okay, you can add weight 
add weight to the body weight exercises like the pull-ups and dips, you should be able to do at least it like at least you should be able to add a 45 pound plate for pull-ups or dips relatively early in your training career if you're a male. Okay, if you're a female, it's going to be harder, but you can add weight. I, 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 there's there's no excuse to not add weight. Male or female, you will never progress with more weight with pull-ups or dips unless you start to add weight. Okay, you, you have to add progressive resistance. It's important, okay? Um, second thing you can do to get more jacked, you may incorporate glamour muscles and targeted core work. <laughs> this includes things like shoulder raises, bicep curls, tricep skull crushers. Weighted planks, sit-ups, crunches, various machines. You've earned it. You can do those those exercises to get jacked. As long as you do the, the, the previous seven things first. Yeah, why not? Third thing, super important, grip work. Okay, now now here's the thing. You got to keep in mind. You got to keep in mind. You're already going to be building a legendary grip. By, by bench pressing, deadlifting, pressing, pull-ups, doing rows. All that's already building your grip, dude. You're already getting a grip. Your grip's already going to be stronger than like 99% of people just by doing all that stuff. Okay? Believe it or not, if done correctly, your grip will be ridiculous doing those things, dude. They they will. But you you can go ham. You can do static holds of a tremendous amount of weight as well. Don't use gloves. Do not use straps unless you are doing something very specific to overload your body higher than what you are able to grip. And that's a very specialized technique that comes later. If you're new to this, don't even think about using straps. I don't even want you to own them yet. Okay? Use chalk. And if your gym does not have chalk, that's okay, dude. You can go to Sporting Goods Store buy some or Amazon. You buy some chalk. You bring it with you. And if your gym doesn't uh, permit the use of chalk, you just find a new gym. That's easy. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, rule number five, don't forget your cardio. Okay. Now, it's super boring and it's dumb and cardio sucks. But it's really important because it, it helps you It helps you with stuff. It helps you with stuff. It does. One, cardio helps you not get as fat as you may get if you don't do it. Super important. <laughs> Because you will be eating more because you're now jacked and you're more hungry. So um, as you gain muscle and you get jacked, you're going to want to eat more. And so when you're going to eat more, you're going to lose self-control and you're going to eat Oreos and stuff. And that you, there's, no way around, there's no way around it. Okay, you're going to eat trash. And when you eat that trash, you can get fat. So don't do that. Do cardio. You're going to kind of keep the, some of that at bay. Trust me. Second thing, the cardio helps you increase your cardiovascular capacity. Super great. You can distribute oxygen uh, through your body more efficiently. It's super, super important. You can be more efficient and, uh, you know, more efficient at lifting weights to you can get more jacked. So you're going to be able to do more reps per set without getting winded as much when you have better cardio. Now, you don't have to go ham. I'm not telling you to go run a marathon. That's dumb. What I'm telling you is to have some basic basic cardiovascular endurance and it's going to go a long way again i'm not trying to tell you to go ham and be a runner you don't need to be a runner you're trying to get jacked okay so that's pretty important so i, I just want to <laughs> hope you understand now now when you do this this is the third third reason cardio is good it will provide you with a balanced physique 
Okay, it will balance your it will balance your physique, your mind, and your body. It's gonna enable you to run and shoot easier. You need to be able to run. Uh, the more muscle, I'm telling you, you're gonna get jacked, right? The more muscle you gain, the harder it's gonna be to feed it with oxygen. So you need to make your body efficient, but not at the cost of losing gains. Okay, increase your cardio, never lose gains. Okay, that that's like super important. So always do cardio after lifting. Don't do it before lifting. You don't need to be running running a couple miles before you lift weights. That's that's not how people get jacked. You need to put all your energy into getting jacked and then do cardio when your form's not important. Okay? Cuz you you need what you need is you need to be fresh so you don't get injured when you're when you're when you're getting jacked when you, when you're lifting heavy stuff. Then when you're when you're like completely destroyed, then you do the cardio. Then it's just a mental game. Okay, you can't hurt yourself mentally. That that's all in your mind. Cardio can't hurt you. Okay, lifting weights can kill you. So make sure you're fresh for that. When when it's kind of do cardio, that's that 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 that's Mickey Mouse time. Okay, that's just that's just a mental that's just a mental battle with yourself. There's no there's no risk of injury because you can you're just you're just running. <laughs> what you're gonna fall down? <laughs> Get up. <laughs> okay. All right. So. Okay, so that's 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 basically how to get jacked, minus the food, and I just I I don't I'm not a dietitian. I'm not going to tell you how to eat. That's a whole other podcast. I don't we have time to get into that right now. But but try to get, try not to get fat. Eat more protein than you think you need. Okay, that part's important. Okay, we can we can talk about it in more detail later. If I, if I get good feedback on this and you guys want to know more, we'll talk about diet. Okay, I got some good ideas for you. All right. Okay, so now this thing here, this is this is the third subtopic here. How, I want to talk about how to fit it into your schedule. So you say, Jay, how, how do you fit this into your schedule? How do you do it? Well, glad you asked, sir or ma'am. You need to design a workout split. It, it's up to you, and and you know you don't need a coach. Like this whole coach, like this online coach, you don't need one. You can do this all yourself. Trust me. You need to design a workout split. When, when you're first starting out, it may behoove you to, to do, like, for example, when you're just starting out, it, it and sometimes even for advanced people, sometimes it's good to squat, bench, and deadlift, and overhead press all in the same day. Sometimes. Do it three days a week. Sometimes. Sometimes. It depends on the intensity. Now, maybe you do your pull-ups and your dips after those things. You squat, you bench, you deadlift, you overhead press all in the same day. You you do your pull-ups and dips. I don't know, man. That workout should be sufficiently taxing to make you exhausted, dude. It it should make you exhausted and make the days on which you are not training true rest days. True rest days. Okay, and on those rest days, that's when you eat, you rest, you recover, and you do other work that's not gym stuff. You don't think about the gym. Okay, you may do cardio on those rest days if you like. Like if you're a Superman, you can do cardio. Mm, excuse me. You know you can do cardio on those days. So, you know some people like to do a light, light jog, light cardio. That's okay. Don't overdo it if you're really torn up. But you know when you get more advanced, uh, you may you may structure workouts in different ways. The main thing to remember is that you're literally destroying your body. When you lift heavy things, okay, it is important for you to understand that it is. You need to understand what you're doing. You're tearing your tissue down, um, but only through 
that tissue destruction do you grow? It's true. Now, your bones and your your soft tissue, they're going to adapt, dude. They will. They're going to get dent, they're going to get increased density. Your bones will be more dense. Your muscles will end up being more dense as well. Now, I know they're mostly water, but you will get a denser musculature, I promise. Your tendons and your tendons are actually going to get stronger too. Okay, eventually. It takes longer, but they will. They will. Now, you have to now you got to drink a lot of water. You got to eat a lot of protein and oh, and I should say you you probably should supplement with creatine. Uh, it, it is the most studied sports supplement that we have. It is other than protein and water. Creatine is pretty much like there's done, there's been so many studies on it. It's unequivocally good, like for, for for strength training. Like it's like there's no reason why like why you shouldn't. And if if you want to know the best one to get, get it from Germany, Creapure. That's all you should buy. It, white powder. White powder from Germany. It's it's you can get it on Amazon. If it doesn't say Creapure, don't buy it. Okay. Okay. Now on your off days, relax. Okay. Enjoy your gains. Okay. Do you need to relax on your training days? You approach them like you're going to war. Okay. You you have frustration from work. You have stress. You know maybe some you know maybe maybe someone kicked your dog or something. You have anger. You you put that all in the gym. You leave that in the gym. Okay. That's what the gym is for. Okay, the, the weights are always constant on earth. They are. No matter how your day is going or what has happened to you in the week, 100 pounds will always be 100 pounds. Always. Okay, you don't live at a high enough elevation for it to change <laughs> that much, and you certainly certainly don't live in a different planet. Okay, so you use that 100 pounds. Use that constant as a constant in your life, and you can always count on it. You can, and it will always be there for you. It will. It's very important. So if you do all this, all these things I talked about in this topic, if you do all of these things for three months regularly, dude, I'm talking about actually doing them regularly for three months straight, and you shoot less good than you shot before you started, I owe you a beer. But now here's the here's the flip side, guys. If you do all of this for three months regularly, and you shoot better than you shot before you started, and your life improves, and you feel better, you, you have better sex, you do better at work, you you know, you you become the alpha in your peer group. Well, then you owe me a beer. <laughs> it's only fair. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, I hope I hope that's I hope this is um inf- I hope that was informative because I I have I can't tell you how many folks have asked me about my workout routine. And how to get jacked. And I I am astounded with how many people and, and these are these are mature adults that did that do not know how to how to run a basic strength and conditioning program for themselves. And you know what? I I in my life I taught myself how to do it and I and I was successful at it. And I think that if I can do it, I think that any of you can do it. So I think that all of these things that I've said here in this topic, um, I think they're very easy to do. Now, I will say I am not responsible for you injuring yourself. 
you know, don't don't be dumb in the gym and do stuff you don't know how to do. Now you can you can get local instruction if you need some help, and and I'd be glad to show you guys some references if you want. You can send me an email, tech at pewscience.com. But but yeah, I hope that helps you guys. Okay, okay, we're gonna go into topic two. That was I love that topic, man. Gains are important. Topic two at a time of thirty five minutes and fifty nine seconds. New sound signature review coming this week. Yes, friends. You know, like I, I think I mentioned this earlier. I did take a short. Did I? Did, did I mention this? I, I did take a short vacation. I did. Friday afternoon <laughs> through Sunday morning, to be exact. Yeah, I. You know, I actually. I don't know if you guys know this. I actually do work seven days per week, um, between day job and Pew Science. I don't have day days off, um, and so when I do. When I unplug and I take part of a weekend off, it feels really ridiculous. Actually, when I, when we 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 got back into town Sunday, I say midday, I started working on the sound signature review, and my mind was so clear. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. Uh, me and me and the lady, we uh, we went uh, into the Texas wine country. Yeah, had a wonderful relaxing time. We did wine country. I don't know if you guys ever been up there into wine country here in texas but it is uh it is very nice so that was definitely worth it put put me a little behind <laughs> yeah but uh but if i hadn't done that i probably would have cracked i was I'm, I'm on the verge of it right now um you know the review that's coming should be a good one it should we are uh, we're really zoning in on some interesting phenomena that i think is worth exploring and we we are rounding out part of the data set in a way that I do think will be useful. It will be not for not only the folks want, uh, waiting on the particular silencer of interest in the review, but for the community at large and for understanding of how some outliers function in certain conditions. I think that's that is has kind of been a sort of a theme of what I've been carrying through. Now we had we did have a quick detour because we needed to publish some contracted work, but I think we're going to be back on track here now. And I I want to start taking a closer look at subsonic suppression. I do. Now a lot of work is focused on on supersonic suppression in the, the public Pew Science data set so far. Okay, you know now supersonic suppression is very complicated. Yeah, now, subsonic suppression can also be somewhat complicated for different reasons. And so I think as we attack both sides, we, we're going to learn some things that really shed light on science or technology as a whole. And it's my hope that after a lot of this data analysis is complete, we will simply ignore certain designs for certain applications. I think that's kind of what's going to end up happening. Um, it's similar. It's actually similar to how you 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 just wouldn't use a forerunner to race a Corvette in the quarter mile or like on a track, right? You wouldn't you wouldn't race a Corvette in a forerunner. Like it doesn't make any sense, right? But you, you all you certainly wouldn't use a Porsche 911 in Moab either. You understand? Like so the, these examples they, they these examples sound very simple and stupid <laughs> or obvious maybe, but um but that's how I want you to approach silencer selection too. Okay, we, we, we not only have the technology, but we have the data and analysis to understand it. Okay, if there, if there are vehicles that can rock crawl 
and blast you down a straightaway super fast? Okay, well, we need to understand those too. You feel me? Okay, so we will. We will understand them. Okay, so stay tuned. Stay tuned. We're going to see what we see this week. We're going to see it together. Okay, I'm not done. I've written a lot of it, but I'm still progressing through some of the analysis. I'm taking a closer look at some stuff. So, yeah, we'll see what we see together. We're going to learn together. Okay? Okay. All right, so that's a quick topic. Okay, so I'm going to move. Let's move into this topic three here. A time of 40 minutes and 8 seconds. Okay, listener questions. Bum, 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 Okay, let's see. Um, Yeah, I got a spreadsheet. Bam. Yeah, your wondrous queries. You guys ask such great questions. And we're still we're still in the in the thick of it here. I'm going right, to get some water. Okay. All right. We are, we are still in our spreadsheet. We are going to, okay. Last time, or last time on the, on the questions, we left off uh, with uh, question 115, subquestion 44, um, when a lady or gentleman asked, what do you say to people who question why we need suppressors? And, you know, I, I went on and I, I talked about basically um, telling them that we need them. And I talked about why, and I told them it was good um, intellectually, practically, and patriotically. And uh, the, I talked about the human element and uh, why it was important to have a silencer. So if, if you're interested in my answer to that question, you can uh, go back to the previous episode and check it out. Okay, we're going to move into the next question here. Uh, question 116, sub-question 45. With the increase of 3D printed cans... Do you think the cylindrical shape will be retained or new geometries used in the future? Oh, that's a good question, sir, ma'am. Okay. Yeah, so let me kind of say that a different way for the for the group here. Um, so this, this later gentleman is asking, so a lot of people are 3D printing silencers. Um, and another way to say that would be a lot of people are using additive manufacturing. So additive manufacturing is when you start with the raw material and you use a process to um, build it like little building blocks, like little bricks of material that stick together. And you, you, you lay those bricks over and over and over again into a shape. And then that object uh, is created. Okay, there, there are various properties of the final object that can be achieved. And uh, suffice to say, the technology has progressed um, to sufficient complexity such that uh, the final product is just as good, if not better, than uh, the properties you would get from a subtractive, subtractively ma- manufactured uh, object in which you took, like for example, a solid piece of metal bar stock and then took a mill or lathe and you know drilled shaved cut or otherwise removed material from that object to create a shape okay so so we we now have additive manufacturing that is quite good and as you can imagine using additive manufacturing instead of subtractive manufacturing you can make shapes that were otherwise might have been impractical to do when you would have to remove a material from from an object, that's why that's why additive manufacturing. That's one of the reasons. That's one of the reasons why additive manufacturing may be attractive. Okay, so that's an excellent question. So this person is asking, well, since people have been doing this, 
with uh, silencers here, you know, do, do I think that uh, they're going to keep making them in cylinders? Or is the sky the limit? Or are we going to start to see crazy shapes? You know, other shapes. It's a good question. And I, you know, probably, probably I think, I would guess, this is my, you know, we're, we're talking pie in the sky. We're talking about, we're speculating now. But I would think that cylindrical shapes will probably be maintained just simply for the efficiency, for the efficiency of the volume and symmetry within such designs, really. I do think that. Now, to me, to me, the really cool prospect here. Okay, wait, actually, let me back up. Let me back up for a second. So I say volume for the volume efficiency. You know why, right? I don't really mean necessarily volume alone, but I do mean like cross-sectional area and volume. Like if you like if you have a like a shape, like if you just okay, take a silencer and like hold it in front of you and like cut it in half. Okay? So you have like two equal lengths of silencer in your hands. Like not long ways, but like like take like a six inch silencer and cut it to two into two three inch long silencers. You you cut down the middle, you have a circle. Right, that would be like the two G two D projection of the three D object. Right, would be a circle. It's pretty it's pretty efficient for the cross sectional area volume wise or area wise in that circle. Right, if you made it a square, you know you're you're going to be doing a couple things. You're going to be changing how much perimeter around that square is required for the same area, and you're going to be creating stress concentrations because now you have these sharp corners so it's it, it it's it could possibly possibly be weaker depending on geometry and load a lot did there's a lot of it depends in this but a lot of variables um so that's why i say you know when, when, when my first my first supposition supposition was you know we'll probably keep the cylindrical shape it's because it's for efficiency of volume. And then I said symmetry, well, frankly, because it's a very symmetrical shape. Now, not that you can't be symmetrical with a square, but you're not, never going to be symmetrical as a circle. So um, now to me, the like I was going to say that the really cool prospect would be like an AAC black box type silencer. Like the, the silencer Co. Osprey tried to do that, didn't it? Remember, we've talked about that in the past. So if you ever looked inside of a, a silencer Co. Osprey, 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 uh, it's primitive. It's a primitive silencer. I think that the system could be much lighter, shorter, higher performance. I think it could look cooler if it was 3D printed. You could make it cooler. Man, I remember that original black box prototype. Man, was that slick looking all smooth. But AAC's, AAC designs, all, those pistols, all those silencers always did look real smooth and classy. I just thought that aesthetic was always really great to me. Just like really looked nice. Now, I think you, you could do some things that would be pretty wild if you 3D printed it. I think you could do it like that, man. For me, if, you, if you're going to get away from symmetrical design and not go cylinder... If you're not going to go cylinder, I think you should utilize the footprint to drop below the bore line as to not further obscure the sights. Okay, so yeah, so like whether that's like a rifle silencer that could be really short, but like drop down to a level that's not lower than a forward grip. 
okay? But remember, if you go too short, you're just not going to trap enough gas because you need multiple baffles. So there's that. Well, I guess maybe you don't. Maybe you need to think outside the box. Maybe we're not thinking baffles. Maybe we're thinking a different method of trapping gas. Okay, maybe there's some 3D printing stuff you could do here, right? I mean, we're talking 3D printing. So maybe you drop down below the boreline of of the rifle, but not lower than the forward grip. So you're not making it crazy, but yeah. So you could do that. Like maybe you're thinking, oh, you know, you see those shotgun silencers they make nowadays, you know, things like that. Something like that. You drop down like that. Or maybe maybe it's a, of a pistol silencer. It drops down like the AAC black box. It drops down like the, the silencer co Osprey. Osprey. I think that'd be cool. So, yeah. So, that's I think that's some of the geometries I see, sir, ma'am. So, I hope that answers your question. That's kind of my my gut feel. My, that's my off-the-cuff answer. I think if I get a little, little more thought, I can think about more. But that, that's what comes to mind immediately. That's a good question. Okay, so the next question, uh, question 117, sub-question 46. Why is my silencer set up with counter-thread adapter and not just a direct thread mount new to silencers? Hmm, get some water. Why is my silencer set up with a counter-thread adapter? You know what, I bet maybe counter-thread... I'm not sure, sir, ma'am, what you mean. Maybe you mean QD thread adapter. Why is my silencer set up with counter thread adapter and not just a direct thread mount new to silencers? Yeah, you know what, sir, ma'am? I, I think you might mean QD. You know, it could be it could be that you have a silencer like a dead air sandman or a rugged rifle silencer like a surge or a razor where like they all use their own proprietary mounts and they're not direct thread. It could be that. Um, you know, it's actually becoming less common. You know, except for like Surefire and Q stuff too. Like Q and Surefire, they use their own um, proprietary. But, uh, you know, a lot of people, yeah, Q, Surefire, Dead Air, Rugged. Isn't it funny? You know, I just actually, just now, I'm sorry to derail this, but that's interesting. Dead Air, Q, Rugged, Surefire. I guess Sanchico. Hmm. I'm just thinking of like the proprietary mounts, but I like Sanchico, a lot of it you can just take apart and do the universal. But I'm so maybe it's just it's rugged, dead air, surefire, Q. What other? I'm, I, and when I say dead air, of course, I'm just talking about the same man. What other companies like it where it's like only their mount? Oh, like, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Knight's Armament. Knights Armament uses their own. Um, I'm just like thinking of like the really big popular names right now that use their own mounts and like which ones of those have gone to Universal. Out of all those ones I just mentioned, the Dead Air, the Rugged, the Surefire and Q, only Dead Air has changed. Right? For the rifle silencers, Dead Air made the Nomads because Surefire doesn't have Universal. Rugged doesn't have Universal. And Q certainly doesn't either, except on their um, their direct thread, you know, half Nelson, full Nelson. All their other rifle stuff, rifle sponsors use the cherry bomb. That's interesting, huh? I never really, I, I guess I never really grouped them like that. But you see, like those are like the kind of the big guys. Why do you think they do that? Why do you think they use their own mount? Okay, 
you know, so, so, so you know, this is a good question, right? Because now we go back to this question, this, this lady or gentleman's question. You know, a lot of people are using the universal rear mount interfaces now, right? So folks can use their mount of choice, right? So to answer the question, sir, ma'am, QD mounts that are proprietary are often designed to work with specific silencers, Okay, they like relatively well. That that is they're designed to work with the silencers. Like I know that sounds like a stupid like statement, like, oh, of course it doesn't, but like what I'm saying is sometimes they possess features that make the certain silencer actually perform better in some ways. Okay. In in other words, the, the mount helps the silencer perform correctly as in the design was intended to perform better than it would with a third-party mount okay that can happen okay what do we know about q for example you take a trash panda and you you stop or a thunder chicken you stop using a cherry bomb and you do one of those third-party things that doesn't diffuse the blast like maybe you get a little tiny micro break thing like the like who's a company reardon or liberty precision machine what are these companies? These 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 companies that make these uh, these mounts. I'm sure they're, they're they're very nice quality. They make these mounts, but what if they're not the same geometry? What if they result in a different gas jetting onto the silencer? Can it be okay? Absolutely, it can be okay. What if you use the wrong wrong one? Will it result in in more wear on your trash pan, your thunder chicken titanium silencer? Could. It most certainly could. Depends on your depends on the barrel length, depends on the cartridge, depends on your firing schedule, depends on the silencer, depends on your everything. But that is one example. Oh, here's another thing. What if you, I don't know. What if you? Uh, I'm trying to think about how you would change a rugged or surefire. Uh, you have to cut it apart. That'd be dumb. Anyway, uh, you know you're already, you're already changing. A surefire performance using a war comp versus a three prong. <laughs> You've seen that. Mount can make a difference. So, you know, it can. Um, so, you know, sir, ma'am, to, without knowing what your exact silencer is, I'm not sure. It's a great question. You know, your I mean, your overall question was, why is my silencer, why doesn't my silencer just a direct thread? And, uh, It's because it might need its own mount or or your question could have been because you said counter thread adapter. I'm you could you could have meant you you might not have said QD. Maybe you're talking about a universal mount and you're saying, why is my sensor have a universal mount? And it could be it could be because people just love it. You know, it could be because people just. People just really love the choices and the flexibility. And they want to be able to use whatever mount they want. Some manufacturers believe in that. Some don't. I think both are right. I do. There's 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 pluses and minuses to both sides. Okay. That's a that's a that's a great question. I don't know if I answered it because I didn't understand it, but I didn't understand what you actually asked. But I hope that helped. Okay, uh, question one hundred and eighteen, sub question forty seven. Best silencers for flash suppression, preferably a short can for a short rifle. Ah, so you you want to defy logic and physics? That's very good. No, just kidding. Um, you know I'm not sure, but you are going to need something with either a lower mass flow rate. 
and or flash hider features on the end cap. I think th those are your two things to think about, sir, ma'am. Um, now, I'm going to have to say rugged surge in the short configuration with a flash hider end cap. That's an option. Uh, CGS Helios QD, that's an option. Surefire 556 RC2, possibly. I don't know what your flash threshold is. Maybe a modern KAC silencer. Maybe a Silencer Coast Saker 556, possibly. Don't hold me to that. Okay, maybe a YHM Turbo, full, a full-size Turbo, not that Turbo K. Uh, maybe. Just maybe. Um, I don't know. I don't have good data for you on this yet, I, I and I will not have it in the near future. So, so here's what you do. So you may want here. I have an idea for you, sir, ma'am. You may want to go hang out with some folks in person or on the internet that shoot with night vision. Okay, not thermal. Now, a lot of us shoot with thermal because we're crazy. Go find some people with night vision so you can get their firsthand experiences. They're going to be the, probably they're going to tell you the most accurate information. Now, the thermal guys, they're going to tell you a lot about flash because they're going to see it too. But the night vision guys are going to be more sensitive to it. So they're really great to talk to. And I don't talk, I'm not talking about talk to these people that play around i want to talk about the guy the, the hunters that are using night vision a lot okay the ones that are shooting silencers a lot get a good sample size ask them i bet you're going to get a, the, a better answer than any manufacturer is going to give you okay okay i'm telling you those those people's experience are going to be more valuable because they're they're actually using light amplification devices at night they are going to give you real world experience okay and you're going to want to ask people that shoot a lot of different sensors. Don't I mean, the military guys might be able to tell you a little bit of stuff, but also they're not using a lot of different stuff. They only use like one or two silencers. Okay. Question 119, sub-question 48. Thoughts on the Gordon carb carbine? 12.5-inch 5.56 with an AEM-5 suppressor. Oh, dude. I You know, I think it looks cool. That gun looks cool, guys. It does. Oh, man, the Gordon Carbine. Gordon Carbine? You know, it's funny. I always thought it was called Carbine. Carbine? It's a good, good piece of equipment, and people say Carbine. Seems strange to me. <sighs> I don't know. You know, I think, I think this Gordon one looks cool, though. I, I do need to test it. I imagine it can be fairly quiet for a couple of reasons. You know, um, I do, you know, the type of silencer is one thing. Sure. Fine. Reflex design, whatever. But it's the distance from the muzzle to the shooter's ear. You know, this adds a lot of length. It's a 12 and a half inch. And then you got the, you're adding stuff to it. I don't know. I think it's, you know what, you know, it's really crazy. And you can Google this. This isn't a secret. It's actually very similar inside to some of the Surefire technology. And I, I believe some of the Surefire design was directly taken from Ron Allen's designs. You know, and so much so, I think some of the Surefire stuff is directly copied from it, dude. Like, it really is. I'm like, that's so crazy. I don't know. I really want to test the AEM-5. That actually might happen. You think it, it will? Okay. Thank you. That's a great question. Um, question 120, uh, sub-question 49. Ideal build... For a 10.3 inch to 11.5 inch 5.56 for being run suppressed. 
Oh, man, if you're sitting in your car listening to this, you're answering this before I can even say it. Say it with me, folks. 11 and a half inch mid-length gas. Adjustable gas block, Surefire OBC. Boom. <laughs> no, that's just my favorite. You know, if you can't find an OBC, get an LMT enhanced with an H2 or an H3. And if you can't find that, mil spec with H2 or H3. Forget everything else. It's not worth your money. Now, spring of choice, don't go crazy. Spring of choice, don't... Oh, you know what? And I should say... I would be remiss, and I, I owe someone an apology. I owe all of you an apology, actually. Um, for, I need to clarify something I said. It was a little short-sighted. I take responsibility. Now, many moons ago, many episodes ago, I did say something regarding um, recoil spring strength, and I said that you are more, li- I, I don't remember what I said. I'm going to paraphrase what I probably said. What I probably, I probably said something like, it's more efficient to add inertial resistance to the reciprocating system of the, st- uh, re- to the reciprocating system of the stoner rifle to delay unlock than it is to add a spring with a higher spring constant. One of the reasons why, and one of the reasons I gave in my argument was that inertial resistance acts from rest and spring force is dependent upon displacement. So the spring is starting off not as strong as it could be, but the mass is starting off as strong as it can be because it is mass and inertia is there from the beginning of time zero in the system um what i didn't elaborate i did not elaborate after i said that and uh i at least two of you since i said that have sent me emails to discuss it which i really love i mean it's actually really great when i actually have meaningful discussions with people it's actually really cool um the latest dude was like you know dude like you know you're pre-compressing the spring in the recall system right i'm like you're right i know and he's like, so you know that using a stronger spring is definitely going to help you more from rest than like a weaker spring. So you are actually adding unlock unlock delay. And I conceded. I and I thought to myself, I know. I don't know if I responded to his email yet, but I, I'm saying now. I'm like, I know. So he's right. That gentle that that gentleman is right in that um, you can add a stronger spring or a heavier buffer or both. To slow the unlock. Now, here's one thing I should say, and one thing I sh- one reason I shy away from stronger springs. When you compress that spring, it's gonna have to come back. Yeah. Why would I want a stronger spring on the on the return stroke? Sometimes it wouldn't be a necessarily a bad idea but what if it's too strong you know what i mean jelly bean so i am of the opinion having not done the calculations or the in-depth kinematics testing that i think this deserves i am of the opinion 
that it is safer for me to tell you to add mass than it is to have a stronger spring for your parts longevity. Is that a lazy answer? Sort of. Is it a safer answer for the community at large? Yes, I do believe it is. I believe it's safer. It's a safe bet. Now, if you're smart and responsible, can you use a stronger spring? Absolutely. I think I'm, I'm concerned. I am concerned that you start chasing your tail a little bit. Um, like what if you, okay. And hear me out guys. Let's say you do, let's say, let's, let's go down this rabbit hole a little bit. Let's say you add a stronger spring, not that you're adding a stronger spring. Let's say you start with a stronger spring. Like instead of the car, the, the, the carbine spring, you use a carbine spring. That's like a, whatever. I don't know the different spring co orange, green, red, blue, black. I don't know. Gray. I don't know what those are. Someone always asks me about those. I'm like, I don't know what that color, what that means. If you use if you use a spring that's stronger or has a higher spring constant than um, stiffer, has a higher spring constant than carbine spring, and you start with that, and you start with an H2 buffer, well, you're definitely gonna have to open up your gas more, right? Well, why? So you're already like introducing more gas into the system. So I'm th- uh, so you're adding you're adding more gas impulse. So I'm thinking to myself. You already know what minimum spring you need to bring your carrier back to chamber around. So are you, are you, are you and I am I'm asking this question sincerely, are you fighting yourself by starting with a stronger spring? <laughs> then you need to actually operate the weapon. Like, why would you do that? I was just thinking about that. I was like, why? When are you, you could just add mass instead. Is it, a, is it a return velocity issue? Is it a velocity profile issue? Do we need to measure the kinematics and determine what the risk is of parts breakage on the return stroke? I don't know. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's like, so what, it's not that I didn't think about these things when I said this before. It's not that I neglected the fact that that the spring can help you from rest. That's not true. I didn't necessarily neglect that, but I did think about what you actually need to return cycle. And I chose not to introduce that complication to you because I don't know that it is required. Now, I, I see a lot of people say, man, once I put that strong spring in there, my rifle ran so good. Uh, and I'm like, okay, your rifle ran so good. and you Because you used a stronger spring. Okay, it's interesting. Why? Why did you need to do that? That's what I always think about. I'm like, what else is going on with your rifle? I always think about that. I'm like, is it was your rifle grossly overgassed? So your it was like overcycling so that when you added the stronger spring, it slowed it down enough. And you're it's like, was that or, or could it or could you could you have just achieved the same thing with a heavier buffer? Like, I don't know. You know what I mean, Jeremy? And and how's your how's your gas port sized? You know. So yeah. So anyway, I mean, I didn't mean to derail that question, but that's one thing that I think is important. Like you, you kind of got to look at. 
you know, so what I originally told this this later gentleman, I said, spring of choice, don't go crazy. And that's because I don't think you need those super overpowered springs in, in a carbine. Now, if you're using a rifle length system, this is, and that's not, this, this, this later gentleman is not asking that. They said the ideal build for a 10, 10.3 or 11.5, 556. They're not asking about a, a rifle length system. This isn't a 20 inch gun. Okay. Um, spring of choice. Don't go crazy. Now, the other thing you need to do for this ideal setup. What did I say? 11 and a half inch mid-length gas. Why did I say that? Dual time. Okay. You add a silencer, a quiet silencer. Why? Why am I saying quiet silencer for this? You say ideal build. You add a quiet silencer. Why? Because the host is going to be awesome. Thank me later. Extremely short dwell time of the host weapon. The silencer is going to add dwell time. Really quiet silencers often add a lot of dwell time. Start with a host that has almost no dwell time. Add a really quiet silencer, dial on the gas, and enjoy one of the smoothest suppressed AR-15 experiences possible with an SBR. With a short barrel. Now, you can go really long barrel. Like I'm saying, you can go really long barrel and you have a great experience too. But that was not your question. was not your question. Okay. Okay, I hope that helps. All right. Question 121, sub-question 50. How far away are we from seeing more 22 silencer data? Great question, sir, man. Probably pretty far. Because although it is cool, it is cool to know about that stuff. I do enjoy it. Um, I am most concerned with people's hearing damage right now. And right now, we need to get more data out on things that are really dangerous for your ears right now the year i think that the 22 reviews i have published show the drastic differences in 22 hosts and 22 silencer configurations you know um i show i showed the rugged oculus in both configurations and on two different types of hosts i did because i wanted to show you how loud a 22 suppress suppressor could be i did i wanted to show you how loud it could be that was like you know that was my first my the first sound signature review on pewscience.com was the rugged oculus on a bolt action in both configurations. You know what I mean? The second one was it was the rugged Oculus on a pistol in both configurations. Okay, I wanted to show you how loud a 22 suppressor could be. How loud is a 22 silencer? How loud is it? I like a suppressor, silencer. How loud is suppressed 22? I mean, a lot of people, it's like, oh, it's so quiet. It's like, yeah, it can be. It can be. Um, it can also be louder than a center fire suppressed rifle. Depending on the setup. It's important for people to understand. People don't people don't understand this unless they see the data. Okay, and that's why I did that. Those two reviews are very, very valuable for that. And I know, I, so I know you guys want that. I know it's important to you, but at the same time, my priority is elsewhere right now. Now I will probably do them in the not so distant future, just because I think a company might be interested in doing one under contract and might be forced me to do some. And I'll be like, ah, I'll test some more too, just because I'm getting them. And ah, I might do that. But right now, man, like I think you stick with a modern one. Don't get a Sansa Coast Sparrow because it has a lot of first round pop. Um, what else? Uh, well, I don't know. Okay, you can buy it if you want, but whatever. I wouldn't. Uh, it's like it's old. There's like way newer stuff. Get you know, the rugged stuff, dead air stuff, Q stuff. Um, there's a lot of good 22 stuff out there. It's not. It's not hard to make a quiet 22 silencer anymore. We already know how to how to do that. So. 
either you, you should be all right um yeah okay sorry <laughs> i hope that helps okay um let's let's do one more we can do one more question 122 sub question 51 do cans that have removable baffles such as the erector suffer any loss in performance oh that's topical i have the erector 9 sitting in front of me as i said man it is light i do like it it's nice um yeah when you remove baffles you can't trap as much gas that's kind of how that works um you do lose some sound suppression and you also increase mass flow rate you do and that what what does that do it drops back pressure does you know i was i actually was reading the owner's owner's manual of the q the q erector erector nine i uh i was reading the owner's manual earlier when i opened the box and i th- and don't quote me on this but i think in there it's and i don't have it in front of me the the, the box is over on the other side of the room here but it i think the owner's manual says be careful when you add baffles because it's going to increase your back pressure I think they the engineers they put that in the manual. Huh. How about that? We've been talking how long have you been talking about that? A long time. See, see now now that's a good manufacturer to put that in there. Yeah. At least the engineers are thinking and they're saying that in the in the manual there. That's important. You know, I don't I don't know that I've ever seen I don't know that I've ever seen a sensor manufacturer say that. When they, you know, you you know how many sensors you can buy that uh, that are configurable, and you can change them from a long configuration to a short configuration, or a like an Erector or a Odessa or whatever. When have you ever? When have you ever seen a user manual that talks about back pressure when you add when you add baffles? You know, I, I'm honestly asking. There could be some, but Q has it in their manual. So how about that? You know, one of my real life experiences, I was tuning an AR-10 once with a rugged surge. You know, you put that rugged surge on there the, with the with the full configuration, it's going to be way higher back pressure than the, than the short configuration. Did you see that on the data on my website? You did, didn't you? Remember, I put a rugged radiant on my on the rifle. It, had lower back pressure than the short configuration of the surge. Rifle functioned better. Did you see that on the data? In the data on my website? Yes, you did. It's real. So, this question, sir or ma'am, do cans have, that have removable baffles such as the rector suffer any loss of performance? Well, they suffer. They can get louder, but they can also be better when you shorten them. Depends. Okay. When you are when you sh- when you remove the baffles, a lot of times you're doing that to get a smaller package. So depending on the science and the host weapon platform, you can lose significant sound suppression performance. You can, but make no mistake, it is often still much better than firing an unsuppressed gun, guys. Like if you, like if you take a dead air Odessa, I'm telling you this right now. You take a dead air Odessa, cut it, it. It used to come with 11 baffles, and then they changed the design and stole a baffle. And now it only comes to 10. If you take it down to four baffles and you put it on a pistol and shoot it inside, you might not ring your ears. Now, if you shoot that gun without 
a silencer at all, that's going to be a problem indoors. Okay? So that just tells you how a small silencer can can help you indoors, for example. Now, um, I I think... I think it's worth mentioning that a lot of pistol silencers are really hazardous to your hearing just um, on, on handguns. You saw that you saw that in the at ear suppression ratings in, in my nine millimeter pistol silencer reviews I've done so far. Don't forget that. Okay. I want you guys to remember that. I don't want you guys to think that you're going to get some Hollywood quiet nine millimeter pistol thing going because you're not. Not with that ex- extremely special ammo, with a really good silencer. Okay, so so don't start fantasizing about your nine millimeter pistol handgun being a Hollywood gun. If you want that, you need to get a twenty-two. Okay, but now don't. Now I still think they're cool. I mean, look, I just bought an Erector. I mean, I think they're cool, but just I want you to have your expectations realistic. Okay. Okay, I I want to show you some folks folks some data on this stuff. I will show you. So you know, speaking about the Erector, what I'm going to do, and I've already done it with the Odessa. I just haven't published it. I need to go back and look at the data, but I'll test the silencer in every single baffle configuration and give you all the parameters for it and chart it, and it'll be great. Okay, okay, all right. Let's. I'm going to highlight that question in our spreadsheet. You know, we're not, you know, this 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 group of questions, I actually only have a few more and we'll be done with it. I bet you we finish it next time. Oh, man. Then we'll have to make another one. I'm going to have hundreds of catalog questions for, for listeners. Okay. That's awesome. All right. Let's go into topic four. I love questions. Topic four at a time of one hour, 17 minutes. In 36 seconds. All right. Topic four. Welcome. Welcome to the new Pew Science members. Yeah, I, I took vacation, like I told you, you know, for the for the part of the weekend there. And, and I saw some of you joined. Um, thank you so much. I, you know, I, uh, I still can't believe it. Um, I remember when I, when I first started this thing and I was sitting there sitting there on the couch and my my then she was my girlfriend now she's my fiance but I was sitting on her couch and uh at her place I had my laptop open and I was like whoa someone joined she's like really I was like yeah I was like whoa that's crazy and like the dude like joined Pew Science and I was like whoa man man maybe someone's gonna help this this is crazy and then like what are we now you know it's 2021 and you guys still join you guys still keep throwing your hat in the ring i mean it's you know you you pay a little bit and uh it means a lot man it does you know i do this podcast for you guys every week i'm I'm releasing data like at a pretty good clip Uh, i'm going out to test a lot um i'm pretty active with all of you on social media I'm trying to put some swag stuff together for you too to support more. Um, I'm interacting with a lot of silencer companies and weapons companies. I am doing private testing for them 
trying to help the industry get better to get you better products. So man, like this is a big effort and I could not do it without you. I am sincerely appreciative of it. I am. I'm very humbled by it. Um, I will actually, and I'm going to look at the calendar right now. Let's see here. I think I want to say the NRA annual meetings. Let me see. Hold on. I'm going to Google it. To the Googles. N-R-A-A-M. Enter. Friday, September 3rd. Okay. It starts Friday, September 3rd and ends on Sunday, September 5th. I believe it's in Houston. Not too far from me. Not extremely far. So that's in one, two, three weeks. No. Oh, wait. What? Yeah. Okay. September 3rd. Okay. Very good. So three weeks, three weeks, um, two weeks from this coming Friday will be um, the NRA annual meetings and exhibits. I don't, I'm not particularly a big fan of the NRA personally. Um, Now, I do recognize what they have done for us. Um, in history, that it's not that they d- didn't do anything good. It's just that nowadays I'm not really a fan. But I I should say that um, trade shows have been few and far between because of COVID and uh, uh, hadn't been a shot in a while. And um, and this NRA thing, I think there's going to be a lot of industry folks there that um, some some folks I haven't seen you folks in a while. Um, some folks I've never met you. And so I'm definitely going to go. And some folks, I frankly, I just I think I just need to look them in the eye because. They need to know that I'm a I'm a real human being, and sometimes it's good to do things. Sometimes it's good to see people man to man. I am um, I am a proponent of 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 that. Um, a lot a lot of people like to talk a big game on the interwebs, but uh, they don't do so much to your face, do you? <laughs> so yeah, no, I do actually need to go. I need to go um, see some folks. So I'm probably gonna go that so if any of you guys are going to be there um it'll be awesome maybe we have a beer or something that'd be great you know i, I really i do appreciate the support and i know a lot of the, the people that support and a lot of the companies that support pew science will be there so that should be really fun maybe we uh we, we get together have a have a have a couple of drinks and we talk about talk about something that's not guns <laughs> wouldn't that be nice for once Okay, with that, I hope you guys um, enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, me giving a little more information uh, supplementary to your shooting, which is uh, strength training. Uh, Maybe that will improve your life a little bit. I hope it does. And uh, stay tuned this week for some data, some hot, fresh data for you. And I will talk to you folks again soon. All right, bye.